Hello listeners, welcome to another episode on Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Raza. I hope you're all having a wonderful week. The world news on abuse centers around countries like India. Video of women attacked in Manipur breaks silence on systematic gang rapes in India. I'm your host, Grace Upper. Indians were shocked when social media exposed a mob abusing minority Kuki women, but similar incidents have been happening with impunity for months. As reported by the Guardian newspaper, 22nd of July, by Hannah Ellis Peterson and Akash Hassan. Vintage emerged last week of two women in the state of Manipur being forcibly stripped, paraded naked, publicly molested and allegedly gang raped. Everyone from Prime Minister Narendra Modi to the Chief Justice of India publicly expressed their shock and disgust. Breaking his long silence on the conflict that has been raging in Manipur for months, Modi declared that what happened to the daughters of Manipur can never be forgiven and that the entire country has been shamed by the attack. Many were keen to emphasize the horrific incident in the footage was not new, isolated or unknown to the authorities since violence erupted in the northeastern state in May between the majority Mai Tai and the minority Kuki tribes, activists and academics believe rape and sexual violence has been systematically used as a weapon in revenge attacks against women from the Kuki community by Mai Tai mobs. The narratives around what really has been happening in Manipur, the heinous crimes committed against the Kuki community, the targeting of Kuki women, the use of rape as a weapon by Mai Tai mobs, all carried out with the impunity by these groups. This has been kept silent and concealed by the state. Said Kan Kan Shuan Hausen, a professor of political science at the University of Hyderabad. It wasn't until this video went viral that this overzealous attempt by the state to control the narrative has finally been exposed. Only last week, after the video of the women being abused began trending and the Prime Minister spoke out that the police finally made arrests almost 70 days after the case was filed. The use of rape as a weapon has been systemic, academics claim. On the 4th of May, the same day that the women in the video were attacked, two cookie women aged 20 and 24 were working in a, car, in a car wash in a village 20 miles away when a brain-angry Mai Tai mob armed with knives and sticks came hunting for them. Eyewitnesses and relatives told the observer that the two women were trashed and gang-raped, goaded on by Mai Tai women in the mob. They were like beasts. I cannot comprehend how someone can be so brutal, said one co-worker. The most shocking part was the women in the mob who were shouting slogans like, kill, kill these tribals, while they were being raped. The two bloodied and dying women 
were then dragged out on the road outside the car wash. I vividly remember their chopping hair splattered with blood in the room, said a co-worker who was at the scene. According to another co-worker, police later arrived and picked them up. Next day, I went to hospital to check on them, but was told by the doctors they could not be saved. He said both of them were brutally raped and tortured. The mother of one of the victims described devastation at the news, a pain made worse for the families as they have been unable to collect the bodies of their daughters, who lie in a mortuary in Fal, the state capital, as they fear it's unsafe to travel to Mai Tai-dominated area. The family also alleged the police have done nothing to investigate the case. On the day of the incident, a police report was filed but made no mention of rape and it wasn't until the mother of one of the victims filed a new case that the complete events of the murders went on record according to a police report seen by the observer. Then, they've not heard back from the police, said the mother who filed the case. Daughter and friend were subjected to torture and were killed in such a painful manner. How can I live in peace, she says. This tension between Mai Tai and Kuki communities in Manipur go back decades. However, resentment recently became heightened under the current state government, dominated by the Mai Tais, which was accused of pursuing policies that discriminated against the Kukis through alleged attempts to take away their land and cast them as illegal immigrants. Students began to protest on this. Annie Raja, General Secretary of the National Federation of Indian Women, who recently visited relief camps where thousands displaced in violence are now living, said she had spoken to several Kukii women who had been attacked. There had been cases of sexual violence. However, clashes and outbreaks of violence have continued to erupt and those on the ground say the state is still on the brink of civil war. Confidence in the government resolving the conflict remains low, particularly among the cookies, who say they can no longer live under the oppressions of a Mai Tai-dominated state and, now fight, and are now fighting for an independent state. The response to that horrific video has proven that if the state steps in and says enough is enough, they can take action and bring a stop to this conflict, said Kan Swan housing but as long as the state continues to play a pivotal role in fomenting this violence then the violence will continue what are your thoughts about this kindly leave your reviews or leave your comments thank you mirror news 24th of july 2023 by katie weston the speakable teacher jailed for sex with boy age 15. More than two years after her prison sentence, 37-year-old Candice Barber has been spotted walking on the council site in West London, where she controls traffic and checks security passes. She was a teacher who had sex with a 15-year-old pupil and is currently working as a gate guard while on temporary prison release. Candice Berber was jailed for six years and two months in March 2021 after being found guilty of grooming a child, taking him to a field and kissing him on the neck before asking him, what do you want to do now? 
the teacher from Wendover, Buckinghamshire, then had sex with a boy, although she later threatened to falsely accuse him of rape if he reported her. Now, more than two years after her prison sentence, she has been spotted working on a council site in West London. A photo shows her wearing a high hoodie and head hat as she stands at the gates. Sources reported that she's been on placement there since May. One told the son, it's no secret, she's a massive flirt and lots of the staff there have already noticed her. Wade's construction confirmed she's on temporary release. While a prisoner may be allowed to leave jail for short, they have rigorous safeguarding processes in place and are committed to ensuring that the safety of the communities that we serve. The MOG said prisoners must undergo tough risk assessments before being allowed out on temporary release and face extra time behind bars if they don't comply with strict rules. Jailed at Ellsbury Crown Court with recorder Bal Dwaliwal saying, You acted in gross breach of trust. You took advantage of a child in your care and groomed him for your own sexual gratifications. Dave Povell summarized a victim's personal statement from the teenager in which he said Barbara was supposed to help him make the right decisions but helped him to make all the wrong decisions. She was in a position of trust. He has been caused stress and anxiety, having to go through two trials. His concerns, his family and friends have also suffered. He continued, his GCSEs were not as good as they should have been, partly as a result. Judge Dwyer Lewall described how Barbara added herself to the victim's Snapchat account and exchanged messages with the boy which became sexual within a week. She said you also sent images including a topless image of yourself and a live video in which you were masturbating. All of these acts are tantamount to you grooming him and pulling him in and with significant planning on your part. During one incident, the court heard Barbara ask the boy to meet her, going to a private field and having sex with him. The judge said, you called him and asked to meet him. He agreed and you walked into some private fields. You, be you began kissing him. You asked if he wanted to have sex. He agreed. What are your thoughts on this? Leave your comments. Thank you. BBC News by Tupakai Garanai, Afghan. Twenty third of July, twenty twenty three. Taliban beauty salon banned three Afghan women. Mourn the end of a valued service. Hair and beauty salons across Afghanistan will close in the coming weeks on the Taliban's orders. Their closure will lead to the loss of an estimated sixty thousand jobs. Salons have been allowed to keep operating since the Taliban retook power two years ago, but it reversed its position last month. The decision further restricts spaces open to Afghan women 
who are already barred from classrooms, gyms, and parks. 23-year-old Zamina was in a beauty salon getting her hair dyed dark brown when news of the approaching closures came through. The owner got a big shock and started to cry. She's the breadwinner for her family, the mother of two said. I couldn't even look at the mirror when my eyebrows was being done. Everyone was in tears. There was silence. Zamina lives in Kadahar in southern Afghanistan, the Taliban's conservative citadel, where the supreme leader resides. She says it's common here for men to ban their daughters from wearing makeup or going for a beauty treatment. Most women walk through in a hijab here, she said. We have accepted it as part of our culture. Zamina was married at age 16. She says a chat at the beautician was enough to give her a rare sense of freedom. I wasn't allowed to leave my house on my own, but I managed to persuade my husband and was allowed to visit the beauty salon two or three times a year. She used to go to the salon with a woman from her neighborhood, developing a deep friendship with one of its workers. In the past, women used to talk about ways to influence their husbands. Some were open about their insecurities, but the economic crisis had gradually intruded into their lives after the Taliban retook power in August 2021, following the withdrawal of U.S. forces from the country. Women's freedom have steadily shrunk since then. Now women only talk about unemployment, discrimination, and poverty, Zamina said. Adina. Another lady covers her hair with a scarf when she leaves home. Only her husband and female members of her family can see her colored hair. The 22-year-old lives in Kabul and keenly follows the latest beauty trends online. Every woman I know loves to improve her style. I love the latest fashion and wearing makeup. She says going to the beauty salon has kept her marriage fresh. My husband really loves to see my hair in different colors and cuts in different styles. He always takes me to the beauty salon and waits patiently at the door, she says proudly. He compliments my looks when I walk out, which makes me feel good. Her ambition was to become a lawyer, but the Taliban stopped women going to university. She's been unable to find work since, as women are also banned from many other roles. Madina used to accompany her mom to the salon as a child and vividly recalls how women will openly share their life stories with each other. Women employees in the salon no longer wear skirts or jeans. They all are in hijabs and fear is everywhere. No one knows who is a Taliban supporter and no one wants to say anything about politics. In the past, grooms were allowed to watch their bride get ready. Madina even remembers some men taking photographs inside the salon. This is all now banned. She also said, I went to the beauty salon and got full bridal makeup before my wedding last year. When I look at myself in the mirror, I was so beautiful. It transformed me. I couldn't describe my happiness. 27-year-old Somaya from the northwestern city of Mazari Sharif, a beauty salon is a necessity. Three years ago, she suffered burns to her face, losing her eyebrows and eyelashes after a heater in her room exploded. I couldn't bear to look at my face. I looked ugly, she says, her voice full of emotion. I thought everyone was looking at me and laughing at me because my eyebrows were gone. I didn't go out for a couple of months. I cried a lot during that time. 
Medical treatment heals my wounds, while the beauty salon helps me recover my sense of self, she says. Went to the beauty salon and had microblading, a semi-permanent form of cosmetic tattooing. It made me look much better, she says. When I looked at my eyebrows, I started to cry. There are tears of joy. The beauty salon gave me my life back. So Maya has a master's degree in psychology and works as a mental health counselor. She has seen the number of women seeking her services swell since the Taliban imposed sweeping restrictions. She's not alone in using the beauty parlor for therapy. For us, salons are more than places to do your makeup. It helped us hide our sorrows. It gave us energy and hope. Zamina agrees as she walked home that June day. From what could be her last trip to the salon, she kept looking back. She was fully aware of what she was losing, her tiny step at independence. I paid myself at the salon and it gave me strength and power. I have money, but I can't spend it on myself in the beauty salon. This makes me feel poor. What are your thoughts on this particular story? Kindly leave a comment. Thank you. USA. Sky News. 24th of July, 2023 by Henry Vaughan, Home Affairs Reporter. Pedophile David Hams, who posed as model scout, admits sex offences against 39 children in the UK and six in the US. The twisted pedophile admitted to 88 sex offences of luring child victims. The 27-year-old pleaded guilty to crimes involving nine victims in the UK and six in the USA over a six-month period between July 2019 and February 2020. He was remanded in custody at Chester Crown Court on Monday ahead of his sentencing on September the 5th. Chester Constabulary said Hems kept his real identity hidden, adding, all this deceit and manipulation was to fuel his twisted obsession. He targeted youngsters aged between 6 and 15, all of whom except one that was female, drawing them in after spotting them on YouTube or Instagram. Hams from Winsford used a number of disguises, including posing as a model scout, Jess, and claiming to be working for major clothing outlets. He had finished serving a sentence for similar offences around five months before he began committing more crimes. Detective Sergeant Mark Naylor said, after having received intelligence that Hams was offending, his laptops, phones and other digital devices were seized in a warrant at his address. He was returned to prison for breaching his sex offender notification order on 8th of February 2020, preventing him from committing further crimes. He was linked to the crimes by his distinctive beddings, seen in images found on his devices and footage of him accidentally opening his laptop and filming his face for just a few seconds. The charges included possessing, making and distributing indecent images Citing a child to engage in sexual activity, sexual communication with a child, and engaging in sexual activity in the presence of a child.
Detective Superintendent Simon Draco said, this has been a complex and meticulous investigation with internationally based victims that had resulted in the conviction of Hams and will bring justice for the victims of his offending. Mr. Bullery has an investigation team dedicated to targeting those who sexually abuse and offend against children online and teams across the force work with partners to educate children, parents and carers about online predators to safeguard children from potential harm. They're really keen to drum home the message that parents and carers need to know what their children are doing online in order to protect them from predators like hams. We all know that we need to teach children not to speak to strangers in the street, but we need to drive home that very same message for the online world to prevent people like hams taking advantage. What are your thoughts on this particular news? Can you leave your comments? Thank you. Reuters, 24th of July, 2023. Actor Kevin Spacey is on trial at a London court accused of nine historical sex offences. The charges are against four men. He has pleaded not guilty to all charges. Spacey is a 63-year-old who has appeared in numerous Hollywood movies and won Oscars for Best Actor in American Beauty, 1999, and Best Supporting Actor in The Unusual Suspects, 1995. More recently, he starred in the TV drama series House of Cards. He was artistic director at the London Old Vic's Theatre from 2004 to 2015. The charges include sexual assaults against four men, as well as a more serious offence of causing a person to engage in penetrative sexual activity without consent in relation to one of them. The offences allegedly took place between 2004 and 2013, at a time when Spacey was mainly living in Britain. Spacey could face jail if convicted. First was a driver aged in his early 30s who said Spacey had grabbed and groped him in an aggressive way and forced the driver's hand onto Spacey's genitalia. In one incident, the man said Spacey grabbed him so hard while he was driving that he almost drove off the road while en route to a party at the home of singer Alton John, who testified during the trial to establish the date. The second complainant, said he met Spacey while working in a pub near Oxford in central England, had drinks with Spacey at another pub with a group, and then went back to a house where Spacey was staying. There he said Spacey kissed his neck and assaulted him by grabbing his crotch. The third accuser said Spacey assaulted him at a charity event at a London theatre whilst the actor arrived smelling of alcohol and looking disheveled. He subjected him to a tirade of lewd remarks. He said he was showing Spacey around backstage when the actor spun around and painfully grabbed his crouch like a cobra. The most serious accusation against Spacey was made by the fourth complainant, an aspiring actor. He said he wrote to Spacey asking for assistance with his career and met Stacey for a drink a few weeks later.
The Hollywood star invited him back to his apartment, sexually assaulted him and performed er and performed oral sex on him while he was passed out. The accuser told the court that he believed Spacey had drugged him. Spacey, who gave evidence in his own defense, said he was crushed by the allegations. He spoke of how his world exploded and his career effectively ended when he was accused of sexual assault by an actor, Anthony Rapp, in 2017, in a separate case in the United States, in which a civil court later found in Spacey's favor. Addressing the accusations by the four complainants, Spacey told jurors that his relationship with the driver was somewhat sexual and that any touching between them was consensual. He accepted making a clumsy pass at the man he met in the pub, but denied sexually assaulting him. He denied the allegation he groped the third at the charity event, calling it absolute bullocks. Regarding the fourth complainant, Spacey said the encounter was consensual after what he described as a nice and lovely evening. Spacey's lawyer, Patrick Gibbs, told the jury it was not a crime to like sex or have casual sex, even if you were a famous person, and that it was not a crime to have sex with someone of the same sex because it's 2023, not 1823. Gibbs suggested that given Spacey's wealth and fame, some of the accusations were motivated by financial reasons, telling jurors that at least three of the complainants had brought civil lawsuits seeking money in damages. What are your views on this? Leave your comments. Thank you. This has been Grace Upper for Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Raza. See you on our next episode. Be safe and be positive. Bye for now. Take care.